Hey guys, this is Ndabusi here, and welcome again to our podcast, Reframed by Mustard, in which we, an Africa-focused venture agency, explore topics weekly with the intent of reframing the current thinking about ventures, initiatives, and brands. I hope you enjoy and get insights from today's conversation, as well as our others. And if you do, please, please do us a favor by following and rating us on your podcast player of choice and sharing this podcast with others. Doing both of these things will help us massively, and we will thank you from a distance. But for now, I will leave you with today's podcast. So when I started university in 06, um, Mark, well, Facebook, basically, uh, I think they'd just come over, I think, because it was starting in 04, I think it was, but I think they'd just come over to the UK, um, or, re- or reasonably soon, right? And basically they had, um, you needed to be part of a university to sign up, right? Um <clears throat> And there were these people in the freshers and stuff. They were like, oh, you're on Facebook. You're on... And there were certain people, you know, like the usual kind of usual suspects of people who just like are social butterflies. They were literally like Facebook to them was like SNS. Right. And funnily enough, I'm trying to think back then. Did. Ah, and hold on. Were people using? I think people were using Facebook on their laptops as opposed to on their phones in 06. Because the iPhone came out, I think it was 06 or 07. And then I think you hit BlackBerry. I had a BlackBerry back then. I can't, like, I don't think, I was I had the BlackBerry for emails. I can't, oh, actually, you know what? I think I remember. I think what happened is if, you, if somebody sent you a message on Facebook, you got an email. And then after that, I can't remember if you could reply via email or if you had to go to your laptop and reply. But some people, it was like a text message, like like literally, hey, yeah. are you going here? I'm going there, right? And I didn't want to join Facebook. I ended up joining Facebook at the end of the year because I gathered it was useful in the sense that <clears throat> there were people from my halls that I wasn't clearly, like I wasn't going to hang out with them. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like an everyday person. Hey, that's the thing. So it was a case of it just makes sense to... Go on Facebook, loads of people are uploading photos, you can kind of see it and what have you, right? So I, I did that. But like by the time I got to graduation, it was like the Zuckerberg story. And this is an interesting point as well, because <clears throat> in the obviously I wasn't at uni at the at the dot com boom and I was not as aware I was at school in the dot com boom. But the thing is, I didn't get the feeling, even when I look back at it, that it was about young people, kind of like in the way that you've got your Zuckerberg and oh, I don't know who else fill in the blanks young people doing stuff right so I didn't get that feeling but it's like when I left uni I went straight into entrepreneurship and in the back of my mind it was how do you do something pretty epic and massive yes in the Africa space but epic and massive and also how quickly can you get to a billion dollar company right and you know how many years later now <laughs> many years later how many how many years how many years later um we're still not a billion dollar company i've been doing entrepreneurship if i was to say how much i have earned um in entrepreneurship i mean basically it's not even the point talking about earning 
it's you may as well just say i have survived right <laughs> like i'm still here right that's a better that's a better statement a more accurate statement than um you know any you know talking about earnings right um but also when i look at it i would say it was only from in the last three years, because I talk about like this period in the wilderness, I like to say about it, it was like seven years in the wilderness, right? Um, uh, Post-university where I was just like figuring out what I want to do. But it's like, it's only after about seven years, I kind of like started going, I think I've got a bit of an anchor. And I would say it's probably only in the last three years that I would say like, like the business model, especially because it's a difficult thing we're doing. We're like, like agency, especially back then agency, now venture agency, building ventures and, <clears throat> and, doing agency work as a, you know, doing narratives, building narratives for founders. But I would say in the last three years, we kind of saw the direction and of a business model that could work that is strictly focused on Africa, which is notoriously difficult, I would say, especially in agency, just because fees and stuff like that are just either people don't have the money or people just don't yeah. like, they don't value service in the same way. Um, but I would say that only started getting it in the last three years. And then in particular, I think started re like really, really like, like gear change in, um, <clears throat> in the model and in what we're doing, where we're actually like, oh, this is, this is, this is sweet. This, we see this, we see not just lightly in the tunnel, we see like massive change and actual massive upside and massive earning potential in the last, um, 18 months. Yeah. Right. And that's not the story. That's not, it's, it's supposed to be you leave university. And I'll be honest, when I did leave university, because I did engineering, there were people hovering around, right? But the honest truth is, you didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, it was, I didn't know. Like, if you had told me then, it would take like 14 years or something like that. 13, 14 years. Um, or let's just call it 10 years all in or what have you, I don't know, to figure out um, what you want to do and like to to, to to break through. And you might say, oh, that's the Africa space. What about if you're in the UK, US or, or Singapore or something? Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, but yeah, that was that was an education, bro. And, and I guess the question is, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 is it naive of us to think that a young person can go to unicorns and the stat, I think the stat you brought up, um, at the average number of successful founders, correct me if I'm wrong, is like in their forties. And then after you're, you're continuously, your rate of success as a, as a founder increases up until the age of 60. Um, so 40 to 60 seems to be the sweet spot as opposed yeah. to 20. Yeah. And it, it depends on, you know, which stat you, which publication you look at, but for sure, you know, there's a couple of stats out there where the average age of a startup owner period is about 35 years old. Oh. And then if you look at successful founders, they're typically in their forties. Okay. However okay. you deem success, you know, to be measured. Yeah. And so I think you're right. There's this also apart from the 10 fastest unicorns, right, which includes Facebook, I think they took something like just over a year to be valued at a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, 
there are a few pharmaceutical companies that you know got got there within a year or two snap i think took about two years or so (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't know if that's pharmaceutical but yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i mean real companies that had something going on but apart from those those are real outliers Mm. real outliers if you look at the 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 average age of the the 0.1% top founders based on valuation their um the average age is late 30s or early 40s so it's not as sexy a story for journalists to write about a 40 something year old founder on his or her fourth startup three of which yeah. having have failed yeah to finally after 10 years of slogging away achieve unicorn status that's not really you know it's not podcast fodder is it it's not headline fodder right it's certainly not hollywood fodder so you don't really hear about it but that's the overwhelming majority of successful companies by the way we need to question the definition of success as reaching unicorn status in the first place that's true there are many companies that are doing really well profitable not necessarily valued at a billion dollars which is a really arbitrary number to pick from the sky in any event for a mar- as a marker of success, particularly if they're loss making and yeah. extremely flaky. Yeah. But so there are many successful companies that don't achieve billionaire status or rather billion dollar valuation status that are probably in many, many people's eyes more successful than so-called unicorns. So that's the first point. Second point is if you do take unicorn status as success, a lot of those guys are older. And they're on there. They've had multiple businesses which haven't worked. They've been slugging away for several years, many of them over 10 years. Mm. And finally, something worked. I was listening to, I think it was the All In podcast with Chamath and those guys recently. And they were talking about a company which they analyzed, which eventually is achieving, it's close to billion to to unicorn traders. But this company for the first, I think it was the first four years was in the wilderness trying to figure out product market fit. And they only turned on their revenue, I think in year three, Mm -hmm. on a very limited basis. And then they grew exceedingly quickly. I think they tripled, doubled, doubled over. I think I know the company you're talking about. Were they they recently acquired or is their acquisition going through? I think I think they have just recently been acquired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, it, exactly. They have been. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's really interesting to look at the analysis of the trajectory of that company, and it's not the usual story, right? These guys literally for three or four years were just trying to figure out what their offering was, mm. and they only turned on the revenue three or four years in, mm. and then they grew, you know, extremely, extremely quickly. But that's not something that you hear or read about necessarily, right? So, yeah. I, and I think, and I think the danger of this is obvious because, you know, for folks like us who have been working at this for, you know, in my case, five or six years, in your case, over a decade or so, it, you, it's easy to be discouraged and to get the sense that you're not on the right path yeah. or that you're banging your head against a brick wall. But actually, if you analyze what your trajectory has been, really, you've started multiple businesses 
certainly multiple 100%. variations of businesses during that time. I mean, you started off in energy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I started, yeah, micro solar energy. Because I, I mean, it's, it's. I don't want to say embarrassing, but like, I think if I listed all the different things that I've done, um, which includes, by the way, I've done. <laughs> I also helped with a political campaign in a small overseas territory. Wow, oh, wow. This sound, that in sounds like uh, that sounds a bit mercenary there. <clears throat> that sounds yeah, that does sound mercenary. That's why I said if I if I also say it, some people may may, <laughs> we may talk, have to... talk about a pivot. <laughs> Our podcast may be interrupted by, uh, by law enforcement <laughs> or something. <laughs> so we definitely don't want to don't want to do that, but I think. <clears throat> yeah, I, th I think you're right, and you know, you know, somebody that comes to mind as well. And you know, the funny thing is, those stories resonate strongly with me. Another story is a no is the story of is well, Notion. I'll just talk Notion because um, <clears throat> they've got a really strong story, and also they had crazy growth, bigger than this company, um, especially over the pandemic. And Notion, they actually raised right. Um, so, funnily enough, I'm going to read that story now. Notion spoke about this story with the company you're talking about. But I'm just going to mention it anyway. It's called Figma, right? As we know, right? Yeah. So Notion, um, <clears throat> Notion initially started, uh, and they're a great, like, like I really love it. Clean, super clean, project management um, software uh, 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 company. Um, they are not sponsoring this because we have no sponsors, but um, I use them, like, for everything, right? So, so it is what it is, but... They raised some capital, went and built a team. And then having done that, they ran out of capital building what they were doing. And then they were just like, you know what? We're not going to raise anymore because to be honest, it was, we don't want to raise a down round, etc." They let go of all their staff, went down, back down to two, the two co-founders, moved to Japan, re just got Figma and just started the whole application again. Wow. Designing. And they were literally on a sofa, like got a place in Japan, which I would think, especially though in Tokyo, it's going to be expensive. But whatever, let's assume it wasn't. <clears throat> got a place, did the, probably the usual Silicon Valley thing, started eating ramen noodles every day or something like that. Um, and they just took, I don't know how long, a year or something, I would assume, to just go and start on every single screen, start again. And then they turned on version, version one or the MVP, they got some subscribers and bro, the rest is history. And, and, and literally they did 10 X, right? So call it a thousand percent. They did 10 X over COVID, right? And these guys, the only reason why they've now enabled people to invest in them is just like, just, just get some cash. I mean, I remember they did a round recently. They did. So I think they did a 60 mil round. And then they did another round after that. I mean, and the space between it was like, I don't know, two, three years, right? But they literally said in the new round they did, um, they hadn't yet spent the money from the last round. Wow. Like, like they've, they're so cash rich. Um, and it's been, uh, you know, like organic in a sense of they haven't needed rounds. Like they went and started again and people have just loved the, the the platform loved the what do you call it and it just got on it and it just grew and grew and grew in the pandemic because it just obviously you know it just made sense but even before they were there before the pandemic i've been using them since what i think i switched over to them intentionally and fully in 20 i don't know if it's 2018 or 2019 i think it's the end of 2019 
I switched over to them properly and fully, right? Um, so before the pandemic, didn't know the pandemic was coming, etc. Um, <clears throat> but I love those stories because yeah. they resonate in terms of that grit. You know, the way I look at it is like, as long as you're still in the fight, like, like there isn't there isn't anything of failure. People are like, oh, failure. It's like you. I think Dan said this the other day. It's like it's like you win or learn, basically, right? And so there isn't any failure. But I think. <clears throat> The, the 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 things I would probably say around it is is clearly we do if you ask the the average person assumption I think the average person would be surprised at the average age of these quote unquote successful founders right and where I think it's I don't want to say harmful but the effects are probably not awesome should I say is when you now look at what happens, right? So, so um, the media pushes the the crazy guys, the big guys, the what have you. That I don't even know. This is point one zero point zero 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 one percent of companies, right? Not individuals of companies, right? And then <clears throat> what happens is now when we look at the Africa space, right? Um, because remember, there's these forty year olds, fifty year olds who are having access to capital, who are still like, hey, I'm that young dreamer, or hey, I'm doing XYZ business, I wanna raise VC. The problem is, if I were to guesstimate the environment from my knowledge, I would say the average age of people trying to seek venture capital in the US is much higher than the average age of people trying to seek venture capital on the continent, right? And if that is the case, then um, if we say that the reason why people who are older are more likely to success, succeed, quote unquote, survive and succeed because of just pure experience, right? Um, not because for me, I don't think entrepreneurship is about smarts, right? People might go, oh, Elon Musk, yeah, if you just first principles, like it's not like literally you just need, it's about people and you need to experience challenges, experience people, experience even the market you're in, you know, gain confidence in all that stuff in order for you to, you know, just overcome these things, right? Um, even something as sales, as talking to people, you, didn't want, you know, whatever, blah, 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 right? So <clears throat> if you now look at, again, I, I, I wouldn't call, you know, the, I don't think, it might be increasing, but I don't think you've got many 45 year olds 50-year-olds um, on the continent go into a VC trying to ask for capital. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's right. The, the only outliers you find or you hear about are somebody with deep technical expertise in a very specific niche, and they are the, they literally, in many cases, quite literally wrote the book on whatever subject it is. Mm. And then those are sometimes people who go out and raise, but oftentimes they'll have a younger co-founder there mm -hmm. to be able to sort of allay the concerns of whatever VCs they're pitching to that this person, cause here, cause let's be, let's be honest as well. Some of these founders, although, okay, they're successful when they're 35 or 40, but maybe they've been working on their business since they were 22, right? So there, there are some 100%. of those folks. So there are young people who are out there 
pitching early stage ideas and then they work at it for 10, 15 years. And then suddenly you read about the well, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly yeah. after 10, 15 years, you read about yeah, yeah. them having achieved some sort of, you know, benchmark, whether it's unicorn status or something else or some sort of big acquisition. But you also get people who are starting for the first time in their late 30s yeah. and 40s. Yeah. And actually, those are the ones I think that oftentimes do a lot better. Yes, so if it's on like first chance, first yeah. chance of a 22-year-old versus first chance of a 35, 40, 45-year-old. Yes. Exactly. Now, there are there are advantages to being younger, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and there are disadvantages to being older. One is oftentimes, yeah. the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. Yeah. Maybe you have a family or you have dependents or whatever the case may be. And so you have which places pressure on your time yeah, and how much time you're able to spend on the business. And also yeah. it places pressure on you financially, meaning maybe you do have to draw a bigger salary to support yeah. your family and support your lifestyle. And or at some point after a number of years, oftentimes I think people just give up, right? Because... Yeah. You, you've got somebody who's you've got stakeholders <laughs> outside the business that are just saying, listen, it's natural, been real. natural stakeholders, natural stakeholders who are saying, listen, it's been real, you know, adorable idea. I respect what you've been trying to do, but can we move on now? Can you get a job? Yeah. So I think those are real, those are realities for many people. But if you look at the statistics, it doesn't change the fact that a lot of successful people are older. Yeah. And and by the way, you don't have to look just to Silicon Valley to look at those examples. Look at our own continent. Mm. There's a company now that just is about to go public in, on NASDAQ. They're, they're, they're currently listed on the over-the-counter, the OTC exchange in the US. So they're listed technically, but now they're about to uplist to NASDAQ. African-focused company, US-based, Nigerian founder started out 20 years ago developing low cost mobile phones mm. with a Chinese partner have over time pivoted into more of a technology company with an e-commerce platform, allowing farmers to trade with each other. Mm. Now starting to go even more down the technology space and looking at financial products, digital currencies, staking, crypto, etc. When that company uplists, or rather upgrades its listing to NASDAQ, it will be worth several billion dollars. Mm. Most people had never heard of this company until they started having to file S1, yeah. SEC documents and things of that nature. Most people were just like, who is this? Mm. Multi-billion dollar company focused primarily on Nigeria, that's been just quietly ticking along in the background for 20 years. Founders about mm -hmm. 44 years old. Based on what I've seen in SEC filings, if they achieve the valuation that they're going for, he will be a billionaire himself. Okay. But more importantly, he's in his mid-40s and he's yeah. been working in it for 20 years. It's not some overnight and by overnight, I mean blink of an eye, five-year, six-year yeah. story. Yeah. And there are many of those globally. But they're just not as sexy. Yeah. For headline, headline writers and for journalists to talk about. Mm. 
But for those of us who have been in the struggle, <laughs> in the trenches, I'm way more, way more inspired by stories like that. Yeah. Than, hey, got a really good idea. Really, I was really well plugged into family and friends. Got some VCs to go my first round, and within a year, I was a unicorn. Mm. So, but 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 here's here's a question. Here's a question, right? Because this is a it's a good example you bring up, and it, and it and it for me it it begs a certain question, right? Um, and this is nothing to do about success and what have you. This is more about the the optics, because essentially the reason why we think these guys are younger, I believe, is because of the optics, right? It's not. It's it's as in the media has is announcing these guys is not announcing, you know, your your dude who's 44 years old, right? So here's my question to you. With age, right, generally speaking, are you, and with all the responsibilities and everything you have, are you more likely to, and fine, this kind of falls apart because your guy's been working since 20, if it's 20 years, 24 or something, right? But but if we think of the guys who started a little bit older um, or they, it's now their ex, their ex rodeo, is it more likely that with age, you're more likely to found something that is solid, B2B, operationally excellent, but not necessarily got that kind of sprinkle of, of magic dust on it? Whereas if you're young, you're more likely do you think you might be more likely to found that company that that is like appears to be brands or of brand wise or otherwise appears to be game changing does that make sense yeah it does make sense and here here it's a question of optics versus substance to some extent correct 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 sure i think Younger com companies founded by younger people, particularly in the startup space, probably tend to go for what they think are revolutionary <laughs> problems to solve. Yeah. And the branding and the messaging and the narrative speaks to that. Yeah, We're going to change the world. We're going to disrupt this, destroy that. <laughs> destroy. <laughs> Disrupt and destroy and new, create new buzzword. world peace and harmony. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, and then also just aesthetically, I think they do probably tend to be a bit more dynamic. And a bit more relevant, maybe. And maybe, maybe a little more, well, but, well like, I don't know. Like if a Gen X, if a Gen X, you know, you know I, had, I had an interesting How relevant is the third underwater basket blockchain no, 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 no. I mean, delivery company? I mean, <laughs> I mean relevant brand wise so, so aesthetic wise because i because i had an interesting chat with somebody today um <clears throat> and a south african dude who described himself as a gen xer and he basically so there's a, there's this uh, you know there's a we just finished a visual identity of one of our ventures um and we just showed it to him and said look like would you wear this on a on a hoodie and because he said, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, but he said he's a hip hop guy. He works in the music industry. He's a hip hop guy. He's a hip hop head. But, you know, he's also works in the music industry, da, 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 and obviously he's Gen Xer, right? And he said, as an A&R, so artist and, 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 and repertoire guy today now, he would wear it. But as a hip hop head, 
he wouldn't. And I was right. like, like, why? Like, tell me about it. And it was really interesting because he said, look, <clears throat> I'm used to the hip hop as a Gen Xer. I'm hip-hop, used to the hip hop in the early 90s. The stuff in the early 90s wasn't this clean. Yeah. Like, if you think of like Fat Farm, you look at what he called it. It was all like the Ooh. fonts, the what do you call it, was all over the shop, right? But yeah. he said, this stuff is clean. And that cleanliness is more like a 20, you know, low 30 year old A&R guy who likes to clean, you know, clean cap, clean everything as opposed to the edges. And I was like, interesting. So that's what I mean by relevant in terms of like, yeah. like he might still be thinking about the brand like that. And he might just come out even now going, oh, I'm going to hit the brand and then nostalgically bring out FUBU. Yeah. Or Fat Farm. Whereas everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we, we act like we're messy, but we, we love this minimalist, yeah. clean, white on black. What do you call it, right? That, this is what I mean in terms, of the, in terms of the relevance of the aesthetics, right? Could just naturally from growing up, you might not know that the pastel colors, I think three years ago was super on trend, but all of a sudden, like everyone around you wearing pastel. So you're like, hey, I love pastel. And all of a sudden you're, you've got a pastel palette, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Not because yeah. you're an amazing designer, but you're following the trends at least, right? You seem aesthetically relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's it probably becomes a bit more of a challenge if you if you are an older founder to to stay on the pulse of what's going to resonate with the majority of the population, which is younger than you. However, mm. I think that you can. It depends on what kind of business you're building. If you're doing a B two B business, it doesn't matter so much, right? Probably. Yeah. If you're doing yeah. a B two C business, targeting consumers, then that that can probably become a challenge. Yeah. But I think you can hire for that. I think you can solve for it. If all you, if, if your only issue is we need to be a more relevant brand, I, I think that there are, there are, look, you know, we, we like this organic built in, um, approach to building narratives and visual identities, mm. but depending on where you are geographically, yeah, I think I think it's not a barrier to older founders starting companies that can still resonate. But but yes, I think that is probably a bit more of a challenge if you, especially if you're consumer facing. Yeah, yeah. And the knee jerk reaction is just either just stay very staid, boring, and unrelatable, mm. or try and retrofit some sort of jazzy, <laughs> jazzy. Yeah. The very fact that I said jazzy is dating me. But the <laughs> but. <laughs> try and retrofit some sort of like cool more relevant brand onto it but i think that doesn't really resonate with with the audience you're yeah. going for right because they'll be like oh wouldn't you guys the guys that used to have that navy blue comic mm. sans logo now you guys are trying to be you don't believe you you need yeah, more people. yeah yeah but but, so, but but it's like it's like for me and let me be very clear right like if you've got a guy like let's just say it's no frills b2b he's turning over 50 million a month right um like like it's a success right like i mean i mean especially if it's profit as well right if there's some profit as if there's no profit then yeah. you know maybe it's it's a it's a conduit right but if there's some profit it's a success right whether whether it's got pastel colors or not right i guess it's like <clears throat> is the media because essentially we're talking about like the perceptions and the optics, it's been shaped by the media because the media is going to say, that's a cool story. I want to push that out. Right. The media probably doesn't say your guy, 44, who's now, you know, 
going to potentially the Nasdaq, they're not going to say, that's a cool story, I'm going to push it out. Capital markets guys will say, hey, P ratio, am I, am I, you know, is something, is, is, is there something there, right? But I guess, you know, is it a case of that um, following the optics, that's what um, the media does, right? And then if they're following the optics, they're more likely to go for somebody who is like, wow, brash, whoa, changing the world, da, 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 right? Which is more likely to be a younger person, right? That younger person who raises, who happened to raise, right? Versus the older person who maybe you didn't even need to raise or has raised, but it's like, what are you doing? I move something from here to there and I do it very efficiently and I make a large profit. It's like, good for you, right? Yeah. So, so, so is that, do you think that might be the thing that is making us perceive, which basically is because we don't know all these guys, it's been pushed through the media, right? Like, is this what's causing us to perceive that uh, the average age of success is younger? Yeah, I just, think so. Because they're just better stories. I think, well, better stories, they're, they're easier stories. Quote, unquote, quote, yeah, yes, exactly. They're more tantalizing, supposedly fascinating, and what have you stories, right? Um, I think also you got to look at who's the media targeting, you know? Yeah, ex ex exactly. That's the next question, right? It's literally like, so, so who is in the media and then who is it targeting? And I think they're both the same question because in the end of the day, like whether you hire for your audience whoever you hire or whether the people you hire are aware of the audience they're after, whatever they push out is going to, as a self-fulfilling prophecy, get that audience, right? So yes, I'm, I'm being unnecessarily technical, but yeah, it does, it does depend on, 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 on that and, and who that audience is. But I think, um, I think, I think clearly, and I think this goes back to bringing about the thing. I think these are also the stories you want to hear. Yeah. I don't think everyone wants to hear the story of struggle unless, unless the story of struggle ends up being, and then he became the king of the world. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Not like, and then he ended up doing this business that was super like, like banal and moved something from A to B. I think it's like, you know, yeah, he was really struggling. Like he had to do this and that and that. But now he's like, he's got the AI whiz bang technology that you know also seconds as a as a nuclear fusion reactor, which has just saved like half of the world. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, then you've got people like Elon, Elon Musk. I was yeah. trying to get through this without mentioning Elon Musk. Yeah. There you go. You know, you got. He, he was he's a, in his, to be fair, he's in his 40s, huh? He's yeah, like, what, although he, he was he, 50 or something. He is, but he was, I mean, he was young when he did it, when he had his first major success, right? Yeah, he was, he was um, which was whatever, whatever became PayPal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people didn't really know him then. People didn't really know about these PayPal mafia guys until probably about 10 years ago when they started really running the Silicon Valley zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but nonetheless, I think you know, looking at him, he's his, his companies are kind of sexy, I suppose, because they're trying to tackle these oh, big problems. SpaceX yeah. is very sexy, right? Because it's you know, yeah. space. But I mean, <laughs> Tesla wasn't, I don't know, was, was Tesla that interesting when he started it? Were people that yeah, in into, into electric vehicles? I don't know that they yeah. were. Well, well, he had that great strategy, right? As, and, and so he's a great example of somebody, whatever his age is, he understands that if you can move audiences, because because when you look at the media, the media wants to move their audiences as well, and that's why 
yeah. they will. That's why they write stuff, right? So essentially, if you're somebody who can move audiences, the media is going to write about you because you yourself move audiences. So therefore, they want to be affiliated with you. Great example is uh, Michael Jackson, right? There were these stories about Michael Jackson supposedly leaking stuff to the press. Yeah. about sleeping in a hyperbaric time chamber, or hyperbaric chamber, or what have you, hyperbaric time, that's Dragon Ball Z. Um, and the reason why supposedly he leaked them, some people say he leaked them, is because he knew that, like, the the notion of Michael Jackson being weird, like, titillated audiences, mm. right? So, but then the problem is, eventually, supposedly, he could no longer control it, and people just started pushing crazy stuff out. He was like, hey, hey, that's not true. But it's like, okay, but like, you can't, use like the kind of tool that you don't understand and then and then you know keep feeding it and then think that it's not going to turn around and bite you kind of thing right so but <clears throat> but elon musk is somebody who moves audiences and because he moves audiences he, he he's gonna get press attention but essentially because he's someone who moves audiences he understood that if you start the car company with um not with a as the americans would say a normal sedan or we would say a saloon car but start with a um, electric supercar to some degree, right? Or high top end car, you might get celebrities. And in particular, I think he was targeting like one of the big targets of his would have been Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And if Leonardo DiCaprio drives anything, whatever Leonardo DiCaprio does is a story because Leonardo DiCaprio moves audiences. So if your if your company can get um, can get whatever it's doing into the attention of people who move audiences, then after the other people who care about as their profession moving audiences will talk about your company in order to move their audience. And I think that's basically what he did. Yeah. So this obsession with youth isn't just a startup thing. It's actually more a function of a wider societal obsession with the yes. youthful savant, right? Yes. How genius. <laughs> The and that is, whether you're talking about acting entertainment whether you're talking about sports and athleticism yeah. the younger yeah. the, the younger you are the, the younger you are when you are successful the more society tends to be obsessed with the correct. correct so that's that's this is just a function of that i think really then but yeah. but also i wonder whether i wonder if this narrative will change or perspectives will change over the next five years as we go what, into what looks to be a down downturn or at least a down market that's a good point that's a good point you know that we've just come off a hell of a 10-year run now where there was so much cash very low interest rates yeah. certainly in the last half of the decade so much money going into i mean people you know i yeah. i've i had stories of silicon valley vcs doing completing due diligence and cutting a check within a week you know <laughs> yeah I and think so, I think in the same all in podcast, sorry, is that all in podcast? I think they yeah. said I don't know if it was Tiger or somebody who said they were on average writing a check every forty eight hours. Right. So now Which that's crazy. that's stopped and due diligence is much more extensive. Checks are if not smaller, they're certainly giving up much more equity for them. There's a lot more circumspection. And so I wonder if boring is the new sexy. For the next few years, <laughs> the new sexy or the new or the new necessary, so to speak. Which, therefore, if it's necessary, is it sexy? Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if, if 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 you know, over the next few years, maybe maybe the media will start to value more sort of these <laughs> grit grinding it out, 
made money over time, became successful over time stories, because that's mm-hmm. going to be resonate more with the reality people are living in. And mm-hmm. look, there'll always be some hot new founder that people become obsessed by. But I wonder if there's going to be some sort of shift a little bit and appreciation mm-hmm. for the sort of grinded out old school traditional kind of story where you know somebody started when they were older they got experience and it was mm-hmm. their experience and steadiness and resilience and just situational awareness that built over and yeah. by the way age alone i think brings certain certain advantages because you 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 know you tend to be a bit more mature you yeah. you probably have picked up more life skills yeah, and you, you know got more opportunity to learn. But you don't necessarily mean you're going to learn, but you've got more opportunity to learn for sure. Right. But what's more valuable than age alone or mere age is age and experience and relevant experience. Correct. And if you're if you're Correct. either you're a startup founder that's started a number of businesses and you've learned what works and what doesn't work, and also what what kind of founder and entrepreneur and business owner you are, where mm-hmm. your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, self awareness. Not everybody who grows old necessarily gets those things so we're assuming that with experience with age has come the right kind of experience yeah or you've never founded a company before but you've gathered really deep domain expertise in some area and then you start a company which is sort of related to that Mm. and i think those are the two types of advantages that age can bring and i think that i wonder whether over the next few years stories like that are going to come become a little bit more interesting to the wider mainstream media. If you look at publications and media for founders, I think that stuff always resonates. Founders love a story about Mm. a grind, right? Someone didn't give up someone who went on all in podcast, these business war stories, you know, um, any number of audio books about business adventures for lack of a better word that's really marketed at business owners and entrepreneurs or want to be want to be entrepreneurs and i think a lot of those are hey phil knight started nike and this is how he built it or you know Mm. and so i think for that audience there you know if you look at that often those stories aren't flash fly by night kind of overnight successes they're really grinded out they'd be boring if they were right if it's literally a short book for, for starters a right. short book. Yeah, he woke up and at the foot of his bed, there was a trillion dollars. And then he said, hey, what can I do with this? And then after burning through three quarters of it, he finally got product market fit. Right. And, um, you know, started making a profit, however small. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. you know, that's that's not that interesting. So I, I think it's good that we pause sometimes and we, you know, we shout out the, the, the people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever that that have you know good reason to believe that they can start something doesn't have to be a unicorn but it can be successful by whatever measure of success yeah they determine right yeah yeah and and there are distinct advantages sure there are disadvantages but there are distinct advantages to doing so at a later age people have written about this in silicon valley and in the silicon valley focused press but i think interestingly it's perhaps even more relevant for our continent. You look at the demographics we have. So much of our continent is young, very, 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 very young. Yeah. And that's, that can be positive. 
but I think if you're a 40 year old sitting at your, you know, on your couch with a really great idea, the right experience, shouldn't be discouraged by the fact that all you read about are people who are really young starting successful companies and mm -hmm. or everybody around you that's starting a company seems to be 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think actually there's something in what you said that I think is my, it's like the amen that I'll take from this. Um, <clears throat> and my amen is basically Elon Musk is a great example, not because it's Elon Musk, but it's like Elon Musk is older. You correctly said, at least to my knowledge, the PayPal mafia or the whole PayPal story was known after the fact, right? While they were grinding in PayPal, I'm sure people knew him, but I don't know if the general, like the general populace, which I now say the general populace knows of Elon Musk. Right. I don't know if the general populace knew of Elon Musk when he was with Peter Thiel and the rest in PayPal, right? <clears throat> now, the powerful thing about Elon Musk is he's learnt, even in his, you know, not young age, how to tell stories. And he's learnt that people value stories, right? Because I think that if people don't find the stories that they want to write about, these are the journalists, or that people want to hear about, in the venture space, I think they'll go elsewhere. I think they'll go to David Goggins, right? Yeah. I think they'll go to, to, to whoever else and they'll write something. I think people know the media, whether they know it consciously or subconsciously, they know that people like stories. And I think that the younger person, the, you know, the media is able to write the story about them. If you just graduated, or let's say you look at Wolfram, the guy who made Wolfram Alpha, right? If you were seemingly a child prodigy because you went to Oxford super early, like ahead of your time, you got your double first, you actually were like, oh, this stuff's too easy. Then you went and founded this like very technical algorithmic company and you raise and raise and raise and raise and you're a 16 year old who's already finished university. And I can't remember if this is precisely a story, but it's something like 16 year old who's already finished university and has probably raised an inordinate amount of money. Like, like, Anyone who's not even a journalist, it's only the person who's born yesterday who knows they can't write about that and get lots of shares and likes, right? But the question is, how do you, when you've got substance, because you remember you said substance and let's say jazz, right? Or, or flash. It's how do you, with your substance, make it into a story, right? That actually can move people and cause the media to catch onto it, which therefore, if they push it out to their audiences, will move people. And I think, I think what, what's probably happened is you've, you've got, as usual, that level of pragmatism for quite a few people who are, who are older. Because, and that pragma, if you had the pragmatism as a, at a young age, if you were 20 and you were pragmatic and you were in the most boring industry, but you just raised 200 million, bro, that's a story, right? But if you're 45, pragmatic, and you're in a born industry, you just raised 200 million, that's not a story, right? So I think it's, can you somehow make it a story? And that doesn't mean you need to change your industry, right? To, you know, AI whiz bang, but can you make it a story, right? And there's always a story somewhere. Um, and literally, if you don't make what you're doing a story, then the two things are gonna remain. One, 
people are gonna go and find those young people who they don't even need to become a unicorn. They just need to find an 18 year old who's raised 20 million. That's it. That's a story. That's a story, right? And hopefully the brand looks okay. It's a story. If not, they'll move into other circles. There's a David Goggins. There's a guy who's, you know, saying stay hard. There's a guy going around and they're going to make that a story. But (laughs) you will, if you don't know how to work the media, if you don't know how to. I'll not countenance any David Goggins slander. (laughs) Exactly. Stay hard, stay hard, Drew. Stay hard, <laughs> right? But if you, if you are not gonna make what you're doing into a story, like age is against you for the story to be to seem like to write itself. At the older you get, right? I think to funny enough, <clears throat> I think the story with age. If we're saying that what happens with with success as a founder, quote unquote, is when you're young, it's low. Then after there's a sweet spot, and then it gets higher and higher and higher to your 60, then starts to go low again, right? I think it's, I call that a bell curve or a Gaussian curve, people know that. I think it's the inverse of that with stories. When you're young, 20, anything you do that's you know of note, right? We're talking about things of note, is a story and it's quite high. Then after it drops off as you get to middle age and otherwise, right? Then suddenly, probably at some point, probably around 60 or 70, it starts to go up again. Because i tell you something, if you're 80 and you just founded a company and raised any amount of money, that's a story, yeah. right? So, so I think we have to realize that in this middle, middle age period, you have to write your own story because you are, you are inherently unsexy. On these, on these edges, there is something sexy about you that will enable people to resonate with that story right because you are very very old or you're very very young and actually you can get away with a lot 100 percent. just as an as a an epilogue i think a really interesting template for people who are looking who are in this inherently unsexy stage that we're in (laughs) is the the most to who, who are looking to tell a story whether they're business owners or not startup founders or not you know a tale as old as time. Look at Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, the monomyth. Mm. And the monomyth is Joseph Campbell's realization, I suppose, that almost every popular story ever told followed a very similar template that he calls the hero's journey, which has really 12 stages, depending on how you cut mm. it up. The hero finds themselves in the ordinary world. There's a call to adventure. They refuse the call, they meet a mentor, they cross the threshold, they go into this very challenging period of tests, allies, enemies, Mm. they approach their innermost cave, they face and overcome a supreme ordeal and return home changed to spread the good news, right? And I think anyone who's been working at any business or anything really difficult for a long enough time has probably encountered most of those steps. Some of us aren't yet at the edge of end of that. But I think that's a really good way mm. of thinking about your own story thus far and understanding how it can be compelling. Whether you're starting a boring SaaS business, a B2B business, whether you're 45 years old and not particularly sexy to anybody who's in the media. I think that the more you've been working at something, the more likely you are to have 
encountered great difficulty and been forced to overcome yourself. Yeah. And I think there's always a market for that. 100%. 100%. I get that. Dig it. Thank you.